Hello everyone and welcome to the debug log episode 66. This time we're going to talk about Unity Analytics. That is why we invited John Cheng, the head of Unity Analytics, to help us go through all the things that you need to know about it. What it is, why to use it, and how to use it properly. If you don't know anything about analytics, um, don't feel bad. John is going to explain uh, what all the terms mean so uh, you understand everything in this episode. You're going to learn some new tricks in this episode, guaranteed. So if you're ready to take your game development business to the next level with Unity Analytics, keep listening to the Debug Log, episode 66. listening to the debug log the podcast about game development my name is eduardo castillo fernandez and i'm the only host here today <laughs> so that's better for me that's better for me so i have all the show for whatever i have to say that's awesome well that's not true i have uh, john sheng uh, who's the head of unity analytics and we're going to talk about um unity analytics uh, i want to um, before we go into the episode, thank uh, David Gibson um, for his support in our uh, Patreon page. So thank you very much, um, David. It means uh, a lot to us and the rest of our patrons. Thank you. Thank you very much, guys. So I'm going to leave you now with the um, interview and I hope you enjoy Okay, everyone, I have a VIP guest today. He's John Chen, he's the head of Unity Analytics. But before that, he was co-founder of Playnomics, vice president of Credit Suisse, and vice president of Bank of America Security. Uh, that was a, um, a weird transition in the background. So welcome to the show, John, and tell us a little bit more about your background. Great, thank you, Eduardo. Um, yeah, so... Came to uh, Unity about three years ago through the acquisition of Planomics, uh, which I co-founded. Um, and really what we've always been focused on is helping people use data to understand their users. And uh, obviously, Unity has a great footprint of developers, and uh, we're here to help them build great games and, and use data as a tool to do that. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so you transitioned because they acquired your company. Um, that's right. Well, that's a that's a good transition. <laughs> yeah, because usually uh, people stay um, in businesses related to um, games. Like I think it was the case of um, Clive Downey. Then they moved to Unity, which is more into game development. But he also was in uh, other companies that just game development studios. Right. Uh, so. Today, guys, we're going to talk about um, Unity Analytics. So, John, tell us what is Unity Analytics. Yeah, thank you, Eduardo. Um, Unity Analytics, you can think of as basically a, a, a companion to the editor and the content creation capabilities that Unity has. Right. So, um, what we're not looking to do is to ever replace uh, creativity or or the real kind of development process, because I think that that's really what makes games great. 
um, what Unity Analytics is, is a tool for developers as they go through that process to better understand the decisions that they're making, um, augment their intuition with, with data from the real world. And obviously, you know, if they uh, choose to be financially motivated with their games to help them be successful in, in how they monetize them. Right. So we really view Unity Analytics as harnessing all the information users are generating about your game and funneling that into tools that help you make better decisions and ultimately build better games for them. That's awesome. And I guess also to measure uh, their perform the performances of their games and how their audience is doing, what decisions they are making. Uh, to make them, like you said, improve their um, game design uh, decisions in in their games, and uh, finally take their their uh, game development dream into uh, a real business more than a hobby. Right, right, right. I, I think the way the way we think about it, in, and a lot of developers that we work with um, kind of position it is. You know, you put all this blood, sweat, and tears into building your game, right? You, 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 uh, you focus on it continuously. You think about every single aspect of it. And then you launch it out into the wild. And, and I think the question that you want answered first and foremost is, do people enjoy it, right? Are, are people having fun? Um, are, are there points where you can improve it or, or make it even more compelling for users? And I think... You can do some of that with playtests and you can do some of that with, with just intuition. But ultimately, if you have data about exactly how people are engaging with your game, if you track metrics as to how often they're coming back and what parts they're really enjoying, I, th I think you can really double down on what's working and, and, and build an experience that people really care about. Yeah, I totally agree with you. There's nothing like, uh, instead of guessing, just knowing the real facts. That's okay, exactly this is, it. Yeah, this is what it is. I'm, I'm not guessing here. This is a decision. Oh, my players are doing this. Therefore, I'm going to uh, modify my game. <laughs> That's right. Um, so how can game developers use Unity Analytics in their games? Yeah, so I think Unity Analytics... Um, First and foremost, uh, you know, the and just to take a little step back, when we were looking at building uh, Unity Analytics and we were trying to understand what features or what, what kind of product uh, developers would really care about when it came to analytics and data, uh, we ran a really extensive survey of the Unity audience of, of developers to understand what packages they were currently using, what, what analytics solutions really mattered uh, in the market to them. And I don't know if you want to take a guess here, but, but what came back in the survey kind of surprised us by, by an overwhelming margin, you know, the number one analytics package that Unity developers used was no analytics, right? Like they were, they were shipping their games and, and working on them. And like we talked about, not really having access to any data about how it was performing in the wild. Um, and that to us was, was a, a big hole that, that we wanted to understand better. And so when we dived into it and, and looked at why is it that the people, um, developers who really cared about their game were shipping without any analytics tracking or metrics at all, um, it came down to one thing, right? It, it came down to the trade-offs that you have to make when you are in the real world working on a game and, and deciding whether to, you know, um, sharpen that last level, work on the artwork, or put in an SDK and and, and, and figure out how to track analytics, right? So it was that trade-off, that real-world trade-off that people had to make that, that caused them to choose 
not you know not not wrongly to, to focus on the game rather than instrumenting analytics and, and and that's the number one thing that we sought to fix right from the start does that kind of make sense yeah 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 definitely i yes. think that um you know here there are a couple of factors that um would increase that fact and is that uh some people like uh so many i would say many of the um, unity users are starting to get into game development so they really um, don't have that awareness of what's available and unity analytics or just an analytic um, tool uh, they don't have to know exactly that they just know that they want to make games and right. make money from it they don't know that you could analyze the actions of your players or any of that um, so I, I think introducing unity analytics was really good for the uh community of developers because it's something else that uh they didn't know they they could be using and that is going to uh, make them a big benefit for for uh their business and games right, right. And, and that's and that's the number one feature that we focused on from day one right was was how do you integrate analytics um, traditionally, when you use a third-party package, you have to go and grab an SDK, introduce libraries, figure out collisions, figure out why your game crashes because of it. Um, and ultimately, that you know that friction was just really tough to overcome. Right. So we spent the first almost 12 months of developing Unity Analytics with building the actual uh, SDK into the Unity engine itself. Right. So. Uh, if you have a chance to take a look at Unity Analytics, how you integrate it instead of writing a bunch of code and, and figuring things out is to just flip a simple switch, right? By flipping <laughs> a right. switch, That's you right. have access to the entire package and power uh, of Unity Analytics. And so there is no trade-off, right? There is no trade-off in terms of time, developer effort, um, QA. It's built into the runtime. And by that, it means everyone can access it. And, and by the way, it's free. So um, okay. by using Unity Analytics, um, you get all that power with none of the trade-offs that you traditionally have to make. So um, to be a little more specific about this, guys, when John says you just uh, like press a, a switch, it's just exactly that. You go to the services um, screen in the Unity editor, click on Unity Analytics, you activate it, and that's it that's all you have to do in your editor the rest is uh on on the unity analytics website and they have um one tab for integration where they um go step by step and explain what you have to do that's exactly it right like you can do more complex things you can do con uh custom data tracking you can do all the advanced kind of analytics things that you want to do, or you can just simply flip the switch, launch your game and, and get basic data, right? So uh, what we want to do is scale with your sophistication, scale with your needs, but but overcome that first hurdle, which is just having the time and energy to integrate analytics. Um, hopefully we've taken that off the table for people. Yeah, I remember when I was in um, Unite 2016 and uh, 2016, 2015, and you were <laughs> in the keynote, uh, presenting Unity Analytics and you mentioned that it's just that press switch and I was like, oh my goodness, I have to do that. I remember that you present a new, um, the heat map right. and it was, yeah, it was impressive. So I decided to, to integrate Unity Analytics with my um, Hangman game 
Yes. Um, yes. And I was surprised how easy it is. So I definitely recommend it to everybody. Awesome. So um, do you want to go over the um, different options that game yes. developers have when they go into Unity Analytics? Um, yeah. So let's go over the overview screen sure. where they have active player sessions, retention, revenue. Could you explain all these um, elements? Yeah, so I, I think if uh, ease of integration was was step one, uh, step two for us was building analytics specifically for games, right? So uh, many of the kind of generic packages that you see were built for websites or built for apps. What you see with Unity Analytics is that it's built just to understand games and game players and, and nothing else, right? And 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 uh, right now it's built just for Unity games, which makes it even better. So. Uh, what you see on the overview tab uh, is the high-level metrics that every game should be tracking and looking at, you know, I would argue on a day-to-day -day basis, right? So uh, you have active players, which is the number of players who came to your, your game in a single day. And that number is updated every day, and you can see trends as that goes. Um, Next, you have sessions, and if you click on that, the number of sessions that were played by those players on a, on a particular day. Um, the retention uh, is the third box, and that is how, how often do players come back a week later? And that speaks to the stickiness and the engagement um, of your game, and it's calculated on a week-by-week -week basis. And then finally, for those of you who are doing revenue, whether it be through ads or IP, Uh, we track that directly in this interface as well, um, so you they understand financially how is your game doing and if there are any blips. Um, and I would just point out that as you click on each of these tiles of each of these metrics, that there is a kind of deep dive below that in terms of breaking down, you know, not just for active users every day, but also every month, how many new users, so you can get a lot more data if you so choose, by clicking on each of these tiles and diving into each of these subjects, whether it be retention or, or revenue. Yeah, and you can uh, change the uh, range of dates that you have available so you can see uh, how's your game doing over time and not only a month, because by default it's uh, one month that you will see in screen, but you can change that. Exactly. And right. of course you can uh, take out some of the, like hide some of the um, Uh, statistics for monthly active user or daily active users. Um, so you focus on the one that you want to uh, look at. Um, John, what's the, I mean, the sticky factor? What is exactly that? Yeah, so that's that's what we basically um, take a ratio between the number of people who come every day and the number of people uh, who come every month. So it's the percentage of people who um, who come back on a regular basis. And so you can think of one as the, you know, if everybody who played in a month came every day, that would be a very, very high kind of uh, sticky ratio. Oh, so okay. depending on the genre of your game, um, you'll typically see between 0.2 and, and 0.6. Um, but, the, but what's key here is that if you see it rapidly dropping for any particular reason, then you should go and investigate your game. but Because what it's saying is that of the possible people who are coming to your game, for some reason, they've stopped coming, right? So the sticky factor is going down. And so your, your game is less compelling for some reason. So it gives you some indication uh, that you start looking at, at uh, deeper statistics within your game. 
interesting. I didn't know that one. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Um, so in sessions, you have total sessions today, total sessions per user. Uh, Total system per user, that's every day or in a month? And yeah, so total session per user is over their lifetime, um, depending on uh, how long they've played. Uh, you can also see below the total daily play time, which is the number of sessions times the average session time, um, both for the entire game and also at the user level. Um, and and that's, that's also a good metric, depending on the genre of, you know, if they're playing a lot, are those sessions meaningful, right? Or how long are those sessions? And, and that's something that, because we're built into Unity, that we can track uh, with very little performance impact, right? Like we can run it in a separate thread, record that information, and then send that uh, on a buffered basis. Mm. What is a good um, total daily play time for uh, casual games? Because, you know, when people play casual games, it's just uh, not for a long time. It's not like uh, RPGs and stuff like that where they actually have to spend uh, maybe uh, 30 minutes to an hour or more uh, like upgrading their, their characters. So Yeah, yeah so it, uh, it really depends on the genre of the game. Um, so I think, you know, you mentioned your Hangman game. Um, I think that's, that's a game where you'll see uh, more sessions and pot potentially... Uh, shorter session times, right? So on average for games, um, for a, a well-performing game, you'll, you'll see between, let's say, three to four sessions and a total of 30 minutes a day. Uh, but that really does depend on the, the genre, right? So in action games that are more episodic and, and shorter session times, um, you, you might see more sessions and, and fewer total time, but still means that the, the game is doing well. Um, one of the things that we do at Uni Analytics is publish uh, a, a basic a quarterly report and a yearly report uh, where we kind of share some of these benchmarks. Um, and this can be a link I, uh, I, I sent to you and you can share with your listeners. But yeah, it, it, it helps you know, provide context because data without context is, is not that useful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've seen some of those and um, let me tell you that they're really, really helpful because it gives you an idea not only uh, like how are you performing uh, with respect to the market, but also how is the market behaving uh, like in this period. So that way you go to your Unity Analytics and you see, okay, I'm, I'm doing pretty well yeah uh, that's a great point right so if uh, if you look at your mobile uh, if, you know at your engagement over the year and, and you've seen it steady that would be interesting however if you and, you know we shared this uh, a couple weeks ago the num amount of time people are playing in games has actually gone up by about 20 percent this year right so people are playing more games so you should actually be setting your targets higher um, and try and get more of that mind share, more of that playtime, because uh, as as people have become more sophisticated with games, they're actually playing more and more, right? So you should uh, strive as much as you can to to capture that that uh, that playtime. Gotcha. Um, so John, in the revenue tag, uh, there are different uh, like areas here. It has yeah. uh, verified in-app purchases revenue, total verified uh, revenue ad revenue and yep. number of verified transactions. What's the um, verified word mean? 
That's a great question. Um, so, unfortunately, in, in mobile, uh, there are times uh, when, when the less scrupulous uh, players will, uh, you know, either say, you know, hack the game or, or do various things. And we've, we've seen that uh, very prevalent in different geographies, right? But uh, what many of these stores will provide is a receipt um, that you can then verify uh, so that you know a transaction was uh, actually, uh, let's call it, uh, valid. And, and by doing that, we do a bunch of checks against that receipt. So, any of the re- so we, we, we report overall revenue, which is just how much uh, the overall game server sees. And then the verified revenue is uh, some matching that we do to make sure that the revenue that you're seeing for verified revenue has actually been verified by the store itself. So it's a service that we provide for free, but it gives you a much better indication of exactly how much revenue that you will be uh, expecting from the stores. Mm. And ad revenue is without verification. That's correct. Um, we get our ad revenue um, today. Uh, we we are supporting Unity ads, um, so we get that data directly from them. So there doesn't tend to be much fraud in there. Uh, in the future, we'll be building direct APIs to more of the ad networks, and, and that will allow you to uh, to see a wider spectrum of of ad revenue. But there doesn't tend to be as much fraud uh, for ad revenue because uh, users don't have as much of an incentive given that they're typically not getting a, a uh, virtual good or, or a subscription or things like that. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And number two of verified transactions refers to uh, ad revenue transactions and in-app purchases, I guess. It refers only to uh, to the in-app purchase uh, oh, transactions. Okay. Gotcha. Um, and could you explain us uh, average revenue per paying user? Yeah. Sure. That's um, that's a really good indication of the financial health of, of your of your user base. So typically, um, it's an industry metric where for if a player manages to spend, and, and in the gaming industry that tends to be between 0.5 and let's say three percent of your audience, if they were to purchase an in-app purchase, how much would they spend on average over their lifetime? Um, so that's what we had there is average revenue for people who do pay. That's the higher number. And then that same revenue divided by all your users, right? So uh, in the first case, um, that's after the conversion rate. But in the second case for ARPDAO, you can work on converting more people to spend and that will, by definition, raise uh, both of those metrics. So your goal would be to move that up uh, if you're spending, for example, in marketing, in uh, user acquisition, yep. uh, you're trying to move this up so and have a balance between how much you're spending to acquire uh, users and how much they're actually spending in your game. But since the percentage of the people that are, are going to invest in your or they're going to buy in your in-app purchases is so small. How accurate is that compared to? Does it measure also um, ad or it's just in-app purchases? Today it's in-app purchases. Um, oh, okay. And, okay, and okay. that's uh, you know that that is something that we will will integrate ad revenue because typically you know the the percentage of revenue from ads could be up to you know forty, fifty, sixty percent. So. Um, 
we want to work that to track that at the user, at the player level, so that we get a really full look at the lifetime value of specific user. Because it's important from your point in acquiring these users to understand how much uh, revenue you get from a user versus how much you spent uh, for that user, right? And hopefully that's a very positive uh, number. What's generating more money now? Uh, in our purchases or advertisings? Um, Historically and even today, the vast majority, let's say between 60 and 80 percent, come from in-app purchases for most games. Right? You'll have games that that are just uh, advertising-driven, uh, but for the most part, for the largest games that you see, uh, that tends to be primarily IAP-driven. But once again, that's a very small population, even for those games. Right? Like at the most, you'll see three to five percent of players spend it. So. I think there's a real opportunity to do both in every single game, and I think that leads to a healthy economy, uh, both for the player and the uh, developer. Yeah, I would say that in uh, PC games and console games that are targeted to more um, like hardcore gamers, uh, in-app purchases would be much more higher than advertisings if they have advertisings at all. Oh, absolutely. You, you, yeah, you'll, you'll see in many... Uh, many hardcore games or, or maybe even the top performing games that they don't have advertising at all because uh, because really what they're worried about is, is that causing churn, right? So um, if they have the ability to really understand uh, specific users and their likelihood to spend, then they could make that decision, uh, but they don't today. So they, um, they're very, very much, to your point, weighted towards IAP. Got you. Which makes sense because when like these type of games are paid upfront, so you just want to develop or create the best experience for your players instead of yeah. annoying them with advertisements and all that. They're Absolutely. already paid upfront. So yeah, and I think that that model, uh, that premium model that you're talking about, you know, will evolve over time. I think even if you do spend over time, I think. What we're seeing is games become more services than than simple kind of box product um, mm. box product experiences. So you'll see more content. You'll see the game evolve over time, and and the developer have opportunity to interact with players, you know, either through IP or or promotions that matter to their users. I think we can use those as tools to create even better experiences. But how about the um, free to play model? Mm -hmm. Is there more um, revenue generated from advertisings or in-app purchases? I think across the board, um, in-app purchases generate the majority of revenue no matter what the genre is. Um, oh, okay. I think advertising is a great supplement. I, I think you will see more of it because we can make it more personal and more relevant to users. But uh, even in free-to-play, uh, I would say... You know, I think that 60-80% uh, typically comes from IAP. Gotcha. Mm, interesting. Good to know. Good to know. Yeah. Uh, so let's move along to uh, another uh, screen that we have sure. in Unity Analytics, which is the Data Explorer. Yeah. So, so to get there in each of the panels that we're at, let's say we're in revenue, you can actually click View in Data Explorer and take that data directly into our Data Explorer, which is... Uh, the interface that we use to really manipulate data, right? So if you look at um, the overview as kind of a static look, um, this opens up a screen which takes those same lines and allows you to man manipulate um, what you're actually seeing, right? So as an example, um, 
each of these lines uh, currently is for all all your users, right? But the power of analytics or Unity Analytics is that you can then drill down into, you know, I want to see the verified revenue, not of everybody, but of my u- new users, right? So let's take uh, the one to three day segment, and that will then limit uh, the graph to just players who are in their first three days, right? And so you can see what the revenue trends are for that use type of user versus your overall user and say, hey, for new users, uh, they're having a lot of trouble spending or a lot of trouble engaging. And I should really focus on my first-time user experience or my onboarding. And so it helps you kind of focus on what you need to work on in your game by identifying the types of users who might be having trouble or who might not be spending in the way you think they should be. Mm, nice. Yeah, this is a screen that I I recently discovered because I usually just look at the overview. Right, uh, right, right. But this is amazing. Yeah. I see here that um, you guys have metric, custom events, and add metric. Um, yep. What for the um, new game developers that don't know about this or are not familiar with Unity Analytics? What is a metric? Yeah, so a metric um, you can think of as. When you flip that switch uh, that we talked about before to turn on Unity Analytics, this is everything that we started tracking automatically where you didn't need to do another thing, right? So you click that open and you see uh, DAU, which is a number of players who came a day, or you see uh, day one retention, or you see ARPDEL, everything that we talked about before. those are our standard metrics that come out of the box, and you can grab those, you know, click on, let's say, new users, and then the next box that you see is the segment of users that you want. So let's say I want new users from Japan. I can click on that, and so then I can see a graph of new users from Japan, right? And so uh, it takes those standard metrics uh, that you have, drills down into a specific group that you want, and then it builds a chart right below um, as you talked about, you can change the date range, you can change uh, the way you're visualizing the data, but it's a powerful way to get more insight into whatever you want to know about your game. That's pretty interesting because that way you can see what countries uh, are doing better in your game hmm. and are more... Do you organize this for... Um, what is it? Uh, Amount of people that have your game installed, or it doesn't have an order in the user report. Does it, yes. Oh, so you could uh, you can say new users, and you can build um, basically every country that you're interested in, and then you can throw it into a pie chart, or or even a, just as a table. Um, and so you can grab all the different geographies that you care about, and we'll. Well, uh, I'm sure we'll talk about Segment Builder, which is our segment ability on geography that we can... I, I can show you how to grab even more countries if you're interested. Oh. Yeah, I see I see here that uh, you guys have not only geography, but uh, the demographic of your players, males, females, on the pine, the platform... Um, and uh, in the monetization, you have whales, dolphins, and minos. Is so those are the people that spend more or less in your game, right? That's right. So the whales are your highest spenders, um, and minnows, obviously, the, the smallest spenders. And 
um, in many cases, what you're trying to do is move people between those segments, right? Move your minute. Like if somebody spends once, they have a much higher likelihood of becoming a whale than somebody who doesn't, right? So you yeah, might yeah. want to segment them differently, message them differently, treat them differently, um, if, if that's an objective of yours. Oh, man. I'm enjoying this episode just recording it. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I'm pretty sure that a bunch of people are going to love this because, I mean, I didn't know this and I was, I've been using Unity Analytics for a while now, so... So that, that is one thing we want to get better at, right? Like, we do want to get better at exposing more of the product, getting more people who are learning about Unity Analytics um, exposure to every aspect of it, right? Because it, uh, it is a tool we want to make accessible and easily understood, but there's a lot of power under the hood, right? Like, there's... You know, we collect billions of events a day. We support over a hundred thousand games, right? There's there's a lot that you can do here as you spend more time and as you learn more. We want to be a better partner at exposing that to you. Yeah, I think that um, if you use the uh, tutorial section in the Learn tab in in the Unity website, mm -hmm. where you guys have the tutorials and all that. Uh, it would be super useful to have one for Unity Analytics where you guys explain all different parts and what are the elements. Um, so, because I I don't know, but at least in my personal experience, I go to the tutorials a lot for right. all different um, aspects of game development. And um, even for the beginning, the, the beginner section, because sometimes you just forget something uh, and you want you want to go and refresh your your knowledge, right? So yeah, I think you could definitely do that for yeah. Unity Analytics. And, and and I mean Unity as a whole is putting a bigger investment there, and I think Unity Analytics will uh, will do a better job of surfacing our our, uh, our our product there as well. Awesome. So uh, another thing that grabs my attention and I have no idea is that custom event. What is sure. that? So custom events are, are the events um, that during the integration process, you decided you want to track specific for your game, right? So um, maybe just understanding how long people are playing was not enough. So in your, in, in your Hangman game, maybe you want to track uh, how many puzzles they finished, right? So you could put in a custom event that is, uh, that is you know, levels completed, puzzles finished, uh, big bosses, uh, big bosses defeated, and then we surface that within the same interface so that you can then grab that custom event, grab that same segment. So as as in our previous example, uh, people in Japan, how many big bosses have they killed today, right? And so if if the answer is zero or very low compared to the U.S., maybe it's a localization problem. Or, or maybe it's a culture issue in terms of uh, what they're expecting to see. And so that helps you make very specific tunings to your game uh, using the data that's specific to your, your game itself. Oh, so, for example, if they have different um, like levels or right. challenges that are uh, available in the game, yep. and with the custom events, they can put an event in each one of the um, challenges and they will see which one are the most played challenges or if someone is not playing a specific challenge at all or too little, yep. they can reduce the difficulty in that level or uh, reward players for 
playing that challenge. Is that correct? That's absolutely right. Um, mm. it's, it's our framework for providing you the opportunity to capture more data that is relevant to you. Um, and you'll see us coming out with uh, both features to help you collect custom data easier and then more help with uh, what types of custom data might be helpful for you to collect. Right. So uh, we can collect some things automatically, but then there's some things that you should collect based on your knowledge of the game. And, and we'd love to help you understand that. Uh, from your experience, what are the most um, used custom events that people use? Uh, people spend and I, I think get a lot of leverage from tracking events in a Fatui or first time user experience, right? Like that onboarding, um, just like you're onboarding with Unity Analytics as that learning process uh, to a game. We've seen the biggest kind of driver of retention or engagement with, with a game is in that first session or in that first couple minutes mm -hmm. and tracking a lot of detail there around how much the tutorial did you finish? Um, what did you do after you finished the tutorial? Um, understanding, you know, what parts of the tutorial you engaged with. Um, we see a lot of people who are very successful do a lot of micro-instrumentation there so that they can identify every single aspect of the tutorial that they want to improve. And then ultimately, if you have users who get through that or engage on that first day, they're more likely to come back a second day or, or set after seven days. And those are your loyal users who got past that hurdle of, of adoption. And I think that's that's one area that we see a lot of uh, instrumentation. Um, the other is around the store, understanding how and why people spend money, um, how they can do that more seamlessly, uh, understanding what they click in the store, the conversion funnel uh, for actually making a purchase. Uh, those are all kind of important steps if you're looking to kind of operate a game as, as a business. Mm, interesting. Yeah, that, that's pretty useful because I've noticed in uh, many games that the um, the store screen is all full of different controls and options that you yeah. can do and it gets confusing. Yeah. So, uh, and so with our tool, you could instrument uh, each of those buttons or and, and we'll talk about heat maps. You can use heat maps to see where people are clicking. Uh, and then use data, right, instead of just intuition to understand what you should focus on and what you should fix, right? And, and uh, with that, you know, the game becomes iterative and, and better and better over time uh, for your players. Yeah. And also, the like you mentioned, the tutorial um, part where uh, – because – I noticed that many players, they don't want to watch the tutorial. They just want to go and straight and play and figure right. it out. Right. Um, so it's, it's really important to get that tutorial if you have it uh, well done. And uh, the, the funnier, the better. Yeah. So That's exactly it, right? Like we're not looking to re replace fun. We're trying to help you deliver more fun, right? And I think that, that you can do with, with data as a tool. Yeah, and listen the what players want based on the data, not yes. only on the on the reviews and on uh, Google Play or the App Store or Steam. Yeah, so if you see that ninety nine percent of players are skipping your tutorial, right? Like, uh, you know, I, I think that's a a clear indication that maybe you build more education directly into the game, or you fix you know the onboarding tutorial, or 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 really it, it's a sharpening of of what you want to work on in your game based on that data. Mm -hmm. Or if they go through the tutorial, but they skip it up until certain amount of minutes or seconds, 
that just make it shorter i guess that that's exactly it um no that's awesome john tell us uh about the event manager section okay um so the event manager is really where you know the custom events uh that you're tracking uh where we gave you data about that right so this is uh this is more of an admin screen that tells you what uh what data is coming into the system uh If you if you have Pro, I think the screen before that uh, with raw data export is is going to be really interesting for you because what that does is gives you access to all the you know line by line data that's been generated for your game and lets you download it. Right. So imagine you are using Excel or using something else already. Like we can help you organize that data, collect it, and drop it into whatever tool you want to you want to analyze that data for. Um, this tends to be a feature that more advanced uh, developers want to use, but it, it speaks to the flexibility of the system, and it speaks to the the power that Unity Analytics will give you, no matter what level of sophistication you're at. Yeah, that's that's pretty useful for um, AAA studios or and like you said, more advanced uh, development studios where they actually have their own analytics environment created, um, and maybe their uh, business intelligence team uh, created new charts and reports for all this. Uh, it's good to have more data available. Right, right, right. And and the, um, the other screen that I would point out is our live stream which uh, all the data that we've talked about before, because we're getting so much data and we're processing it for everybody, you know, it, it takes hours at times to load. And, and, and for the most part, that's, uh, that's good enough. But Livestream actually takes that data in real time and produces intelligence for you, right? So if you're running a sale or uh, you have a new, uh, new release and you want to see in real time that there were no crashes, that people are engaging, Uh, Livestream is our real-time dashboard, which um, at the top gives you metrics as they happen in real time. And then what you might find interesting is the map uh, of where your players are. And every time they send you data, you'll see a little fireburst uh, across the globe, right? So we have many developers who, who kind of put this up as, as their team dashboard to inspire the team and see that people across the world are engaging with their game. Um, and you can see activity kind of shift across the globe as, as, as the sun goes, as time changes uh, across different time zones and seeing that, you know, people are really playing, caring about and engaging with your game. Yeah, that's pretty cool. When uh, I just changed to this screen, I saw one player in Guyana. Yeah, it's always amazing where, uh, where how quickly and how globally games have become uh, as a growth factor. Yeah. Um, John, what is moving forward? What is the funnel analyzer? Sure. Um, the funnel analyzer is a different way to uh, visualize data, right? So um, if, you, if you haven't loaded any data, there's a demo funnel there. Uh, done by levels, right? And so what that tells you is that of the people who finished level one, what percentage finished level two? And of those, what percentage finished level three? And, and the reason for this uh, analysis or, or this screen is really you can see where the big drop-offs are, 
right? So um, if it tends to be that, you know, 15% of people uh, drop off at every level, but all of a sudden between level four and five, 80% of people drop off, maybe you have a difficulty problem or maybe you have a jump that's too far and, and most players can't make it, right? So it's, it's a way to narrow in and tune um, exactly how you know how the progression of your game looks like, um, and it's especially well suited for games which are level based or um, or have a progression. Um, you can even uh, map this to your store progression, right? Like if you uh, come to the store opening screen, then you get to the shopping cart, and then you get to the payment screen. And everyone's falling off when they get to the payment screen. Well, maybe it's not loading correctly. Maybe it's not localized. Maybe maybe those things are uh, important to analyze at that point. Awesome. That's good yeah. to know. Good to and, know. See how smooth is your game doing. Right. And uh, I would just point out below, um, and this is fundamental to everything that we do at UD Analytics, is that you can then take that same funnel and limit it to just a specific segment of users. Right. So once again... Just look at your Japanese users, or just look at your new users, or just look at um, players on iOS, or just look at players of a certain build. And, you know, it's by really being able to narrow down what you're looking at that you can then form hypotheses or form uh, educated guesses at what you should fix, and then come back here after you fixed it and say, well, okay, my conversion rate did go up, or the drop-off between level three and four did change for my Japanese users and know that you've made a difference in the game that matters to your players. Mm, yeah, that's interesting. Well, I think that's, that's uh, a really huge amount of information today, <laughs> so let's, let's uh, finish it here. Uh, so, I think it was super useful, um, cool. not only for me, for, but for all the, um, the debug log listeners out there that are going to love and um, use this information. Thank you very yeah. much, John. Awesome. Um, is there uh, a way for people to um, get in touch with you or something that you want them uh, to check out before we close? Yeah, so um, please uh, contact me. I'm John C at Unity3D.com. Happy to, to answer any questions. Uh, we, uh, the way we develop Unity Analytics and, and really what we focus on is by working with our developers, right? So if you have thoughts as to new features, you have questions as to how to use things, um, you know, we'll work directly with you on those because really we're here to enable the success of Unity, uh, Unity developers, right? So um, anything we can do to make that easier, make it easier understood, make it more powerful, we're, we're happy to, to listen and see what we can do to help. So we meet with developers almost uh, every day, uh, multiple times a week, um, and listen to them, listen to how they're using, help them understand the data itself, and then help us build better product for them. Well, there you go, guys. Um, again, thank you very much, John, for being on the show, for um, your awesome explanation and description of Unity Analytics. So, until the next one, see you guys.